Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Encuentro. Today is Wednesday of the third week of Advent. Let's begin with the prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled, but to console. Not so much to be understood, but to understand. Not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Well, today is Wednesday, and it is the 15th of December. That means that uh, Simbangabi begins tonight. That is so exciting, because that means that Christmas is really just around the corner. It's getting really close. Our Gospel reading for today is taken from St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 to 23. At that time, John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? When the men came to the Lord, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to ask you, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? At that time, Jesus cured many of their diseases, sufferings, and evil spirits, and also granted sight to many who were blind. So Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind regain their sight, The lame walk, leprous are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. So John sends his disciples to Jesus with a rather curious question. Are you the one who is to come or shall we wait for another? It wasn't that John was doubting Jesus. He never doubted Jesus. It's not doubt that the question that, uh, that is revealed by the question. Rather, it's, it's a kind of an impatience or maybe a profound perplexity uh, on the part of John that Jesus doesn't seem to fit the notions of the promised Messiah that were held by people at that time. Notions that were perhaps held by John himself. You know, one of the most difficult experiences uh, of the people uh, that, that people had with Jesus, and this included his disciples and, and perhaps even John the Baptist, was that they couldn't easily fit Jesus into the categories that they had been taught. Categories they're used to when they think about the promised Messiah. Messiah. Jesus hardly fit any of these categories. And so it's understandable why many of them were perplexed, even impatient. When are you going to reveal yourself as the Messiah? And so Jesus says, well, tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the leprous are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. What more does he want? You know, as we go through life, um, we develop ways of seeing and understanding things. Uh, call them viewpoints or perspectives. 
and they enable us to handle the many challenges and perplexities that we encounter in life. They're like built-in glasses, spectacles that enable us to make sense of life itself. But we're not born with these viewpoints or perspectives. We, we learn them. We pick them up as we grow up. They're handed down to us by our family, our education, our society, and by the many other experiences that we have. Now, these ways of seeing things, these viewpoints, these perspectives, they're not bad. They actually aid us in life. But there's a downside to them as well. You know, because the very things that enable us to get a handle on things can also blind us at times. You know, they can put us in boxes. They can imprison and chain us and prevent us from seeing anything that we can fit into our neat and tidy little categories. At, at that point, these ways of seeing things, these perspectives, these viewpoints, they cease to become aids in enabling us to make sense of life. Instead, they hinder us from experiencing life in its fullness. You know, viewpoints and perspectives become biases and prejudices. And they harden. And when that happens, we become hardened. Our relationships become sterile and the very adventure of life gradually dissipates. A while back, when I, I remember sharing with some of my students in class the fact that certain ancient Jewish manuscripts have holes. Well, not literal holes, but spaces where the letters of God's name would otherwise be written. And Jews, of course, will not say the name of God. And even the more devout ones will not even write God's name. Why? To name something is to exercise a certain power over it. And so, instead of writing the name of God, devout Jewish writers would leave a space. And the reader would know that that space, where nothing is written, is meant for God's name. Because the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob cannot be named. To name something is to have a certain control over it. A name is a label, it's a category. And God is beyond all labels and categories. You know, just when sometimes we think we've got him all figured out, he escapes our grasp. Just when we think that we have God in the palm of our hands, he makes us realize that, no, 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 we are the ones who are in the palm of his hands. <clears throat> our experience of God in prayer, in fact, mirrors this reality. When I was a student, my spiritual director would always remind me, do not avoid the desert. And by that he meant, of course, that you know, when the consolation of prayer sometimes disappears, it is replaced by desolation or the seeming distance of God. And he would always remind me, you know, when that happens, remain faithful to prayer. He says, God takes away the consolation in order to invite you to a deeper friendship and relationship with him. So don't give up when that happens. You know, when you lose interest in prayer, when prayer becomes dry and barren and arid, 
run after God even more, follow where he leads. In the same way, this experience of God in prayer mirrors our journey in life. That very same spiritual director used to also remind me, never decide when you're weak. Never decide when you're weak. Very good words of advice, actually. And by that, of course, he meant that there will be moments when the highs, the peaks, if you will, of following Jesus or enjoying life or living life to the full will be absent. And they'll be replaced with lows. Difficult moments. At such moments, he says, hold on to God even more. And he would add, God brings you down from the mountain in order to lead you to a deeper understanding of yourself and your life. And so, when you experience those low points, don't give up. Neither should you keep looking back to the high points. The high points are over. You're now at a low point, but don't give up. Instead, be patient. Persevere and follow where God leads you because he will never lead you into harm. Rather, he is most likely leading you to discover new horizons, new ways of seeing him, of seeing life, and seeing yourself. Follow where he leads because he will lead you to a place that you hardly dreamed existed.